I remember the times that my wife was pregnant, right? We were trying to figure out what she was going to have, right? Like, did carrying the baby a certain way mean a boy or a girl? Did the amount of weight she gained mean anything? Now, during the pregnancy, especially that first one, right? Especially the first <laughs> kid, you'll believe almost anything that you hear. I recall trying almost anything we heard. I mean, from the the needle over the wrist. Have you ever heard of that one? I don't even remember if it's Circle Boy, whatever. But here's the thing. I carried my kids completely differently. And in the long run, we had two girls. <laughs> so I look at those myths, if you'll call them, um, as, as a lot of fun. But that's about it. That's right. Yeah. But, and, but the question is, part of my question, I guess, is where did these stories come from, right? I mean, there has to be some sliver of truth, some something in there, some sort of science behind all these anecdotes. Hi, everybody. I'm Macy Jepson. And I'm Pete Kenworthy, and this is Healthy at UH. Joining us today is certified nurse midwife Pamela Hetrick with University Hospitals in Cleveland. Pam, thanks for being with us. You're welcome. It's a pleasure. Let's start with this. Can you predict if you're having a boy or a girl based on whether you're carrying the baby high or low, all out in front like a basketball or equally distributed? And where where did all this come from? That's a really good question. So I'm going to start out by saying no, you can't predict. um, You can't predict much uh, with the sex of the baby. I think it was probably... Um, it's been around longer than I've been a midwife or a human. Um, And I would probably say, you know, pregnancy is so exciting and everybody wants to get involved. So one of the easier things to do in the beginning is say, oh, I think that you're having this. 50% of the time you're right Right. and you are a rock star and 50% of the time you're wrong. But it gives gives people connection. Um, It gives people a lot of fun. I mean, now we have the big gender reveals now. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of them exciting, some of them disastrous, but you know, (laughs) um, no, it's there. There's no true prediction other than really you know, the ultrasound, some blood work will show it. But um, until then, people just keep keep up with the wives' tales and keep having fun and, and anticipation, really. It's funny you mentioned that it's been around forever because I recall, like, my, you know, great, great Aunt Eleanor, you know, all of all of the elderly people in my family wanted to touch my tummy and, and then they could predict something from that. It was just a crazy time. But, you know, and... and our daughter was, I had a difficult pregnancy, and so there was a lot of testing with our first daughter. And I remember really paying attention to that that heartbeat when I was being tested because that seemed to mean something. Where does that come from? I don't know, but you know what's interesting is my niece was supposed to be a boy because of the heart rate, and my sister-in-law's obstetrician fed into that, and out came a a beautiful baby girl. And I don't know where it came from. I always say to patients, the first thing, that first time that we hear the heart rate and their face lights up, usually they'll say to me, what's the heart rate? And I'll, you know, 161. Well, that's supposed to be a boy. What do you think? And I'm like, well, I think that if you put your hand in your pocket and you flipped a coin, half the time it's going to be heads, half the time it's going to be tails. I'm like, I don't know. But but they they trust me to, to feel like I am the absolute expert in this telepathic, it's a boy or girl. And the myth the myth with the heartbeat is what? Slower it's a boy? Slower, slower it's a girl. Okay. 
faster it's a boy. Okay. I don't even what I don't know what be, would be considered fast or slow. It, so they it, do lean toward you to set all yes. that straight. And and really in early pregnancy when you are getting the fetal heart rate for the first time, it usually is 160 to 170. That's just how physiologically, you know, the the development of the heart is. So most of them, I'm when I'm listening and people out there listening, you know, think back to that first appointment. It's usually somewhere 160 to 170, which is normal for a pregnancy that's like 10 to 13 weeks. And is that considered fast or slow? That's considered, it's fast. Yeah. It will decrease over. So everybody's having a boy early. Correct, right. <laughs> well, this must be true because um, I craved root beer floats and starbursts. And I had two girls. There must be some science to that, right? You crave sweets, you get, you get a girl. No, no, no. <laughs> okay, so before we move on with the predicting the sex of the baby, j- just to confirm, the only real way to confirm a sex of a baby is the ultrasound, right? Yeah. I mean, I would say that that's pretty standard, safe, 19 to 20 weeks, halfway point of the pregnancy. So it gives you something to look forward to. If you decide to um, find the sex of the baby, one little nugget, though, um, I'm going to talk about a patient years ago, and 34 weeks she came in, and she's like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I need to know the sex of my baby. And I was like, well, and she's like, look at the ultrasound report. And I said, okay. And she said, what does it say? I said, it says gender normal. And she goes, well, what's normal? I go, the gender of the baby. She goes, but is it a boy or a girl? The great thing about ultrasounds here, if the parents do not want to know, there is no way for them or us to know other than the ultrasound tech and the physician that's doing the ultrasound that day. Other than that, nothing comes through on the reports. So that can be a little bit painstaking that then they have to wait another six weeks. But um, typically 19 to 20 weeks is when they're going to put that ultrasound down and be able to determine. And even then there are some surprises with ultrasounds, right? Hidden Hidden things. things. (laughs) I haven't seen one be wrong in a super long time. Super long time. Because they're getting better too. The 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 technology with the ultrasounds is just amazing. All right. well, Well, let's talk about some things that can be backed by science. A little rapid fire here for fun. What do you think? Sure. You shouldn't exercise when you're pregnant. So I'm going to show my age with this because I'll say to patients, don't think that you need to be Jane Fonda. And that was the person way back when that was always exercising. So I always say, you know, things have changed drastically. You've got CrossFitters. You've got people who are runners. So if you're already doing that pre-pregnancy, we tell you to listen to your body and continue to do that. But you shouldn't say, oh my gosh, I'm pregnant. That's it. I'm going to the gym five days a week and I'm going to do heavy cardio. So everything within moderation, primarily listening to your body. But you can exercise. All right. Having sex. Can we do that? Sure. As long as your medical provider doesn't say that there's any restrictions, the placenta is okay. It's a healthy part of pregnancy if that's what makes you happy. Speaking of sex, if you're overdue, will that put you into labor? It can't hurt. (laughs) (laughs) We always say love brought the baby in. Love should bring the baby out. All right, then. So right up until the the last minute. As long as your water's not broke, you're good good to go. go. All right. Don't color your hair? Oh, no. Think about hairdressers. They're around dyes 
all day, every day. You're only doing it probably every three months, maybe. Um, so no, totally fine to color your hair. We usually say wait until after the first trimester, but totally fine. Do okay. it up. How about a hot tub? Do we need to avoid that? A hot tub over 101, yes. Because remember, your baby is about a degree hotter than you are. So submerging yourself, and there was some evidence years ago that talked about the neural tube closing, um, that there was an increased risk of neural tube defects if a mother submerged herself in a tub that was greater than 101. So it shouldn't, any tub, even a tub at home, a hot tub, it shouldn't be painful to go in. And I think everybody's gotten in that bathtub and it's like, oh my gosh, I can't sit down, it's too hot, and you're pulling your leg out. Um, so making sure that you're hydrated, making sure that the temperature is not over 101, that even includes our tub here at on labor and delivery at Mac House, um, is that we're super specific with the um, temperature of the water. What about reaching over your head? What's that about? Oh my gosh. If I had a dime for every time a patient or a family member, mostly the mothers and the grandmothers that are coming in. So there is a wives tale that if you put your hands above your head, that the cord is going to get wrapped around the baby's neck, which is totally not true. Um, reaching is fine. Um, the way that cords get wrapped around the neck is usually 20-ish weeks. The baby's super, super active doing somersaults, and they actually will gently get themselves with the cord around the neck. But the, but the reassuring thing is four out of every 10 babies are born with at least one cord around their neck, hmm. and it usually doesn't pose any problems. All right. Let's move on here to food. This is a big one, right? Diet yes. diet is always a big one for moms. I remember um, my wife was big into filet of fish. Oh. She she hates it normally, right? But it was like oh, this craving cool. that she had. And grape jelly toast, I think, was her other thing. Like, make mm. me some toast with grape jelly on it. So let's hit on a few of these, what, what diet means. First up, you're allowed to eat however much you want because you're eating for two. <laughs> Incorrect. Uh -huh. <laughs> you should not have the mentality for eating for two because we know from literature and research that actually too much weight gain can can affect pregnancy with an increased risk of a C-section, diabetes, hypertension. So throw that throw that right out. Throw that one out the window. Uh -huh. How about caffeine or seafood? Safe or no? A little bit of both. Um, of course, I'm going to tell you to eat lobster whenever you can, um, but everything should be done in moderation. There are certain fish that we say absolutely not. Tilefish, swordfish, mackerel um, should not be consumed, even in a child up to age five. Mm. Um, but everything else in moderation is okay, as long as you're not doing it the majority of the days of the week. Caffeine, it's 220 milligrams a day. So one of the things that women like to do as soon as they find out that they're pregnant besides exercising and thinking if it's going to be a boy or a girl is they cut all caffeine which actually can backfire a little bit because they'll start to have these terrible headaches from mm -hmm. the caffeine withdrawal so doesn't matter what you do chocolate has caffeine in it tea coffee um, any kind of sodas 
but totally, totally fine in moderation. But there is a limit to the caffeine, right? So if you're normally yeah. like a three cup of coffee a day person, you need to you need to cut back. You need to cut back. Yep. So you're looking at the milligrams, which is 220. Which nobody measures in. Nobody measures in. I mean, I'm sure Starbucks what is, that, a cup is of coffee? Six, 600. Except maybe a pregnant mom because <laughs> they pregnant measure mom. everything. Oh, the, the pregnant first time moms. <laughs> They will have it down to yeah. a, a, probably on some sort of periodic table. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, any other foods? What other foods should you avoid during pregnancy and, and why? I've heard goat cheese. Yeah. So some of the cheeses that are soft and mushy. So I always say with a smile, any cheese that's good with a glass of red wine should probably be avoided unless it's heated. So if you've got your blue cheese and you're making a buffalo chicken dip and you're Mm -hmm. heating it up, that's safe. But we worry about listeria. And it's the same concern that we have with lunch meat. So if you're going out to Subway or Jimmy John's, you want to have it toasted just to burn off some of that listeria if it's present. Um, I would definitely not recommend getting any from like the shelf, like the Oscar Mayer stuff, because Mm -hmm. you don't know how the refrigeration process has been. But again, you want to limit but not restrict your lunch meat. That kind of makes me want to limit anyway and i'm not pregnant just just hearing that scenario well yeah you don't know <laughs> any other foods before we leave foods um sushi so raw raw fish i would say if you're getting it from somebody super reputable you're probably okay to indulge in that one piece that you have to have but raw raw uh fish raw meat so make sure that your steaks are cooked or your beef's cooked at least medium and then uh, pork and chicken the whole way through, no translucency. Everything else, you're good to go. And it is true what you said with your wife. Stuff that people have absolutely loved, they smell it or they get it in their mouth and they, they don't want anything to do with it for the rest of the pregnancy. So it can be super interesting. So try mm-hmm. some things that you didn't think that you liked prior to being pregnant. Okay. Expand your horizons. Yeah. Uh, the whole... Um, heartburn during pregnancy and whether or not your baby's going to have a lot of hair. I don't I never understood the correlation. I wish I could tell you, Macy. (laughs) But you will hear patients say all the time, oh, I have terrible heartburn or, hey, I had heartburn. Look at how hairy my baby is. I always say my first one, I had a bad gallbladder that I didn't know was bad during pregnancy and he was bald and I had I had never had indigestion in my life, so I thought I was going to get this gorilla baby coming out, and he was bald. He was cute, though, but he was bald. There's no correlation, but, you know, heartburn is a super, super common um, complaint uh, of pregnancy, but it doesn't yield that your baby's going to be hairy. Hmm. Here's one that I think has some research behind it. Playing music to your unborn child, or even maybe talking to your unborn child. There's research behind this, yes? Yeah, absolutely. Think about families who have, you know, four or five kids and the newborn comes home and the house is wild and that newborn doesn't move. Or voices, like how a baby reacts to a maternal or paternal voice. So there's a lot of research that reading to your baby um, increases not only bonding, but the baby remembers the... Um, the music, it remembers the the words on how mom speaks. So absolutely, talk to your baby. I always say talk to your baby, rub your baby, put some nice lotion on your belly and kind of connect. But no, definitely, that's that's true. You were telling us before we even got started that most people know the sex these days. 
And, you know, just to wrap up, to me, I feel like that's kind of a shame because this is so much fun, just the game of it all and the guessing and the asking and all of that. It just is, uh, it's a lot of fun, even if it isn't backed up by science. <laughs> oh, yeah. It gives, you, it gives you something to look forward to and, mm-hmm. and some excitement and some positivity in the world, which we need. Yeah, for sure. Is there anything you wanted to add? Any wives' tales that we didn't cover? Oh, I've heard lots of what I'll tell you the two that I heard that I was kind of like, I have never heard that before. Don't go to a funeral when you're pregnant because the spirits of the dead might enter your okay. abdomen. Well, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other one was not to take the baby or not to take the pregnant mom to the zoo because the baby at birth might be afraid of the animals. I'm like, where do people come up with this at? (laughs) I guess the bottom line is this, right? Anything you think might have some scientific evidence, anything you find on the internet, just talk to your provider, right? Absolutely. And, And go to trusted sites. We give you trusted sites to go to that aren't gonna Um, get you down a rabbit hole that makes you so afraid. Um, We want you to enjoy your pregnancy and and, um, have fun. Great advice and a lot of fun today. Pamela Hedrick, a certified nurse midwife at University Hospitals in Cleveland. Thanks for joining us. It's been fun. Thank you. And remember, you can find and subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast. Search University Hospitals or Healthy at UH, depending on where you subscribe. For more health news, advice from medical experts, and Healthy at UH podcasts, just go to uhhospitals.org slash blog. 